In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20, chapter 9, verse 10, chapter 18, verse 2, chapter 12, verse 15, chapter 26, verse 12, chapter 14, verse 7, and chapter 23, verse 9. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. Good morning. Last Sunday, the title of our message was Love and Marriage. And I received feedback that since it's still February, we should have something for singles. But before I go on with the message today, allow me to share to you an anecdote. Take note, it's an anecdote, not wisdom. This is what I will share to you. Somebody asked a wise man, though the wise man was sarcastic sometimes. So he was asked, how do you define love and marriage? Which was our very topic or title last week. So the wise man answered, well, if you want to get married, people think it's love, and love is blind. When they get married, it is an eye-opener. That's the anecdote. This is actually a warning, yet some would say it is truthful if you interview married couples, not together, but separately. If you interview them together, they smile and they feel so united, but you talk to them separately, that is not always the truth. Yet, I'm not saying that's the universal truth. There are those who tried to marry wisely, and many have said that they were happy to have chosen the right partner in life. Marry wisely. Let's look at verse 20 as we begin. This is the focal verse of the sermon today. It is a selection of verses, but this is the focal verse. 13 verse 20, whoever walks with a wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, the Holy Scriptures did not say how to meet somebody and get married. If you look in the Old Testament, there were different ways that they did that. Some had some form of arrangement. Uh, some have found one another. It is very unclear, even in the New Testament, 
Yet I hope we as believers in our context do not think that the normal way is how culture dictates to us. Because culture dictates to us, whoever you like, you should marry. Whoever you think you're in love with, you should marry. And it's more of listening to your heart and ignoring the mind. Ignoring the analysis, but just going on whom you think for a man who is physically acceptable to you and for the women who, yes, you'd like somebody who has physical features, yet you prefer somebody who can lead. Yet here it is just people arranging marriages and for the sake of getting married and having children. My encouragement for you today is let's look at the Book of Wisdom and apply some of the principles we'll study today or some of the principles that we extracted. There are many. There are many. I, I will barely scratch the surface on this subject matter, but I pray that we shall be wise. And if you are married, maybe we can still learn or we can give wise advice to others and not be surrounded or not to be influenced by the pop culture that we have, not the TV culture, not the Netflix culture, not the Amazon culture, or whatever culture, but we first ground ourselves in scripture. Scripture, uh, culture, yes, may be something that we may live with, yet high above it should, is supposed to be the holy scriptures, not the way we regularly know how to do it. If you do your own research and, and survey, you'll find that not every marriage ends up well. And some are still together, but we cannot say it is well and healthy. Yet we also know that though there are those who turned it around. And praise be to God because he is sovereign and gracious. Not because of anything we do, but because we trust in him and his word. Now, those who want wisdom should learn from the wise. Learning the ways of the wise benefits all not only yourself, but those around you, because you will try to act wisely. So it's a big benefit. Now, if this is a command for us to, be, to walk with the wise in our everyday life, how much more this should apply when you choose somebody to marry? So the question is, is there wisdom in this person? Wow. Did you put that in your criteria of the future husband or wife you want? Wise. Somebody who is wise. If you have not put that there, please put that. Wise. Somebody who walks in wisdom. Why? Because you will learn from this person and you'll be happy to live with this person because they are wise. Not the opposite, which is the fool. Now, the benefit of becoming wise is actually, well, that's the benefit of walking with the wise. And who do you walk closest amongst others but, but in marriage? One may surmise that the proverb applies to all who desire to grow in wisdom. So for every single here who want to grow in wisdom, your first assignment, do not make a mistake in marriage. That's the first step. 
Of course, you have to come to the Lord, definitely. But I'm talking about in choosing somebody, don't make a mistake. It is better to be alone than to live with a fool. I hope you understood that. A good choice of a spouse is somebody who dares to walk in the wisdom of Scripture. But what is a wise person? It is best to let Scripture define the wise. And we will discuss in a little bit what does wisdom mean in the Holy Scriptures. Again, I'm only scratching the surface. There are more wise sayings that we should understand. And I will refer to some of them later. On the other hand, what is a fool? Scripture should define the fool, and it does define the fool. However, one must heed the warning that a companion of fools will suffer harm. So this is why saying, this has been observed by the sages, saying that, well, those who are a companion of fools will suffer harm. And I'm praying that you apply this in your friendships. When you choose a friend, pray that you have friends, close friends that are wise and not fools, because if you have fools with you, you will suffer harm. Now, if that applies to friendship, does that apply to marriage or in choosing a partner? Oh, definitely. In fact, you should be more careful about this because there is a warning. You will suffer harm. Now, take that in. Singles, can you take that in? And parents, be very so prayerful about your children. You will fast, you will pray, you will come before God and pray that they choose a wise person. If you do not pray, you do not fast about this, trust me, you're not doing enough. You think your words are enough? No. Overuse of words is not wise as well. So we have to pray that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will fill their minds and hearts. Let's read verse 10, chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Don't we love a man who has insight, who has understanding? Well, if you're looking for insight, it should be first with the knowledge of the Holy One. And where does wisdom begin? The fear of the Lord. And that's my first point today, the fear of the Lord. Uh, the book of wisdom equates the fear of the Lord to the beginning of wisdom. It's not wisdom in its totality, it's just the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. What you do not want is a partner with no insight into life. They just say, I don't know what to do. Well, there are times we don't know what to do, but we will have some insight, and that's the beginning, even of solving problems, when you have insight. If you have no insight, absolutely zero, that is not a good. You might be in the presence of a fool, because the wise man, the one who has knowledge of the Holy One, that is the person with insight. Now, the word fear has been repeated all over Scripture, the fear of God. What does fear mean? If you look at the Hebrew, it reflects reverence. You know, reverence is fear. 
but there's a deep respect. So it also means respect and awe. Take note, it's pronounced awe, not ow, okay? <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Okay, for you grammar Nazis and pronunciation Nazis, it's awe. You stand in awe of God. Like Isaiah could not even move when he saw the Holy One of Israel. The word fear reflects terror if he does, if he offends God. Although we know that God is gracious and loving, yet we do not remove the reality that he is also a just God. And we will reap what we sow. We will reap the consequences of many things we do, either good or bad. He allows that to happen. Yet, of course, we can always beg for his mercy, and he is indeed merciful. Yet, the fear of God, there's this deep respect of not disobeying God. The one who has fear of God hates to disobey God. And pray that your future partner will be that, but you have to see that on the friendship stage, if they truly have the fear of God. Because if in the friendship stage they do not, and you think you're going to change them, you're making a big mistake. You understand that. You cannot change anybody. You can try to influence somebody, but you have no power to change the heart. Only God has that power. But you will pray. But if on the friendship stage, don't even go to the point that you have a special relationship stage because if he is a fool and he has no insight of the Holy One and all he knows is a few memorized verses about God, I'm saying now you must be very careful how you walk in this. It's one mistake you cannot... You know that I encourage people if they have a business idea to try it in a small scale and don't be afraid to lose a little money if it's just on the small scale because part of entrepreneurship is learning by doing it's just like swimming okay you cannot just study swimming intellectually you have to actually swim and keep doing it until you learn it and sometimes small businesses are like that but here i cannot say go try get married and learn it by doing now here, my advice is actually the opposite. You have to be extra careful here. In college, you enter first year in a course. You realize this is not for me. You can always change course. Maybe you might think you wasted a year. Well, you did not really waste a year or two, but you, because you realized something, what's not for you? You still gained wisdom there, but you can move. And some have actually finished one whole degree and take another degree because they realize that is better for them. And, and that's fine. But in marriage, you cannot jump one to another. You cannot. That is not scripturally allowed. There's just one case that that is allowed, and that is infidelity. Yet that is not what many counselors encourage to be the first thing to do. The fear of the Lord. The one who has insight is the one who knows the Holy One. Therefore, the person to marry must know God as revealed by Scripture. Nothing is more precious than a partner who knows God intimately. 
intellectually and intimately because they know the Holy Scriptures. The one who fears God will act according to Scripture as inspired by God's, by one's knowledge of the Holy One. Such is the beginning of wisdom. But without the fear of the Lord, one reduces oneself to a fool. I love my wife not because, just because my love, wife is lovable, but she is, she is. But she's human and she makes mistakes. However, there is one who is supreme above all, who is sovereign, who I committed my life to, who said I should love my wife according to scripture. The strongest reason for me to take care of my wife and to love my wife is the Holy One Himself. And that is the fear of God. My wife desires to submit and support my leadership. That even at times when I, I am wrong, she is very patient. And why does she do that? Not because I'm a perfect husband, far from it, far from it. It's hard to submit to somebody who's not perfect. Women, you'll realize this. You will know this. Before marriage, you will idealize it. I will be submissive. But when you get into marriage, you'll realize it's not as simple as you think. It's difficult to submit to somebody who's not perfect. However, why does she do that? Again, not because of my perfection or near perfection. Oh, far from it. Why does she do that? Because she fears and loves her God above all. That is the beginning of wisdom. When we do everything for the glory of God. When we have this deep respect to the Holy One, that our emotions would like to do the opposite, yet because of our deep respect for the Holy One, we fall down and repent of our unruly heart or unruly words, mouths, and come to the Lord. And that is what I mean by somebody who has the fear of the Lord and you get married to somebody who truly fears God and the Holy One. You will know that somebody doesn't fear God when it's so easy for them to commit the little sins. The little sins are okay. When the little sins are okay, the big sins will follow soon. But if they feel conviction, they can admit when they are wrong that is a good spouse because they fear God first. Not because they're insecure, they always say, forgive me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not because of that, because some people are like that. But because of the fear of God, that's the best way for, for marriage to work. Can you imagine two people that can be very choleric, well, forgive me for somebody who takes the lead and can dominate or take, take control of things. Me and my wife were both that. <laughs> Can you imagine? She has a strong personality. I have a strong personality. But how does that work? Again, we know our roles and we have the fear of God. And that helps. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm just saying we fear God and it helps. So don't put us on a pedestal and, and say, look at the perfect couple. Please don't do that. That gives me the fear of God that you shouldn't do that, all right? And I'm warning you, don't do that. 
If we inspire you, I hope it's the inspiration to fear God and the inspiration to love God first before your spouse. So before getting married, what's the purpose of that? Does he, have, does he recognize his divine assignment according to scripture? Because you will support that divine assignment for the ladies and for the men. Is this somebody that you are willing to pursue unity with for the rest of your life? That's why you will leave father and mother and start your own family so that you can pursue this unity, this bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Not only physical union, but the most difficult the more difficult parts is the mental union and the emotional union that is not as simple as we think. But when you are foolish and young, you idealize everything and you think your emotion is wisdom. Let me tell you, emotion alone is not wisdom. It lacks a lot of wisdom because the spike in your emotion, it's a spike. It can go down. You can get disappointed so quickly. So if you see all the negatives, you still want to push through well. So what should we learn then for singles? Spot the fool. That's the next. Spot the fool. The fool does not delight in understanding. The fool only desires to express personal opinions. Moreover, the fool does not listen to advice because the fool thinks there is no need. However, there is something worse, the person who thinks the self to be wise. <laughs> Let's look at verse 2 in chapter 18. The fool, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. See, there is no pleasure in understanding but only expressing his opinion. What does understanding mean? So let's zero in on the word understanding. Well, if you look at the Hebrew, it means intelligence or the state of actively learning, seeking understanding. The fool has no pleasure in continuous learning. No, no. He just goes, goes where he is happy. And I think that's a problem we have in the world today. We put high above the pursuit of happiness, and I'm not against happiness, especially with little children. You really want them, and as our kids were growing up, we wanted to give them a lot of hugs, and we never wanted them to feel any pressure except the pressure of, of obeying their parents, but the best we can, we supplied, and um, we tried to go on trips, to give them some memory. The only problem is uh, one of my kids can't recall too much of his younger days. So I think we did, we did some things too early. I think when my, my daughter was still less than one, we brought her to Davao so she can see the beauty of Davao. Of course, she wouldn't remember that. But it's good. However, if you instill the pursuit of happiness in your children rather than the pursuit of wisdom, there's something wrong in your advice, parents. There is something wrong. You cannot instill the pursuit of happiness above the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. If you have wisdom, you look for meaning because meaning is a long-term joy that you will have. And many would say joy is different from happiness. Some would define happiness as our temporary happiness or temporary highlights we have 
in our memories, which is fantastic, but that is not meaning. So, so if you just do that without giving them the pursuit of wisdom, what will happen? They will keep repeating the good old days, the good old days, the good old days, rather than forward thinking of building a meaningful future. That will not be there because all their lives they will be the good old days. I married you, you know, you're not like my father who always gives me this, gives me these experiences. But instead of building a future family of the future meaning, why? Well, that's why I say do not pursue happiness. It comes when it comes. But if you pursue meaning and wisdom, it gives you a joy that is unspeakable. It's unspeakable. It's indescribable. Well, if you marry somebody, I hope he takes pleasure, take note of the word pleasure, in understanding, in the pursuit of knowledge, in the pursuit of understanding you, the spouse. And you should be the same in the pursuit of understanding him, in the pursuit of understanding the word of God, in the pursuit of understanding what may affect your children in the pursuit of understanding each child, in the pursuit of understanding what else the world we live in. Well, a fool does not like intelligence. You'll, feel, you'll see a fool immediately when they bash intelligence because they're insecure around intelligence. Because they can't do it, they just make fun of it. They just bully the person who is intelligent. That's a fool. Maybe you're the fool. Hopefully, you would change your mind and your heart after learning or reading Proverbs. Now, what does the fool want to do? Just express opinions. Uh, what I think, oh, for me, but without any further study. You see, if you read one, one reference you have not researched. That's one reference. You'll just echo it, they say. If you only read two references, it confuses you because there are two opposing references. But that's better than one. But if you pursue the study of relevant research, for example, then you might have some understanding. Oh, let me just segue. Do that in your choice of political candidates as well. Some of you just watch one video and you're so convinced. Why not be truly open-minded to the opposite perspective? And now you want to research peer-reviewed articles. Now you want to research some historical facts that is actually documented. And you, you don't accept easy spin-offs. And the one who does not seek understanding is a fool. If you easily believe every propaganda there, you're a fool. And you're going to throw this nation away. Listening to some of you, I see that you are fools. Because there's not enough references that you have given me. Well, the one who has more wisdom says, I haven't studied enough. Give me time. I haven't finalized yet because he's truly seeking to listen to the different perspectives. And then, highlighting scripture. What the scripture said, we discussed this a few weeks ago. David, who has integrity of his heart 
and the skillfulness of his hands. But some of you have made your mind, that's why you are fools. You have just read one, twice. You heard a rumor, he does this, she does that, and you easily believe, just based on a rumor. Can you validate that? Everything we hear, we try to validate. Let's look at the next verse, which is chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to advice. It's the opposite of what we read. The fool just likes to speak out, express their opinions. And they think they're always right. They think they're right. But the wise man, what does a wise person do? Listens. They listen. It is pitiful to marry someone who thinks they are always right. It, it, it is, it is. If you marry somebody who has to win every argument, I feel you. I feel you. You're suffering. You're suffering in the presence of an intellectual fool. And you're going to suffer for life but don't worry, soon you'll get to heaven one day. That's why somebody who married a fool prayed, Lord, take me home. Then he changed his mind. If you won't take me home, take her home. No, I'm not saying you pray that, okay? <laughs> ah. So, well, we must first reflect that we are not the fool, right? That we are not those who just think we're always right and we have to win every argument and that we don't listen to advice, but we just insist on something instead of listening. Why do you find it hard to listen to those who are saying you are wrong? And if multiple people are saying that, and they are people of wisdom too, why do you find it hard to listen? You don't want to change. You still want to be right in the end. Do you know in the little things, it doesn't matter who's right. <laughs> I'd say, yes, dear, you're right. <laughs> but I say, on the major things, you listen to me. Where we live, where I work, where our kids will go to school, major things. How we will earn a living, you listen to me, I will consult you, but in these major aspects, allow me to take the burden because I don't want to blame you. But on the little things, I don't have to be right. She picked the wrong drapes, okay, correct it. We all make mistakes. But if a person always has to be right, oops, on the friendship level, put on the brakes. Now here's the problem, you don't see that on the friendship level, why? Because they show their best part, right? So how do you learn about it? Well, you ask the people around him or her, in, the, in family, 
family members, those who would be honest with you as to their real character, because when he or she faces you, it's the best foot forward. It's Mr. Clean. And miss nothing wrong with me. The problem is my family, not me. Careful now, careful, careful. That's why if you ask somebody, okay, you think that way now, what's, if you see the mistakes of all your family members, what's yours? And they have nothing to say. I, I don't know. <laughs> Lack of self-awareness, dangerous. Do not marry that fool. To my fellow married couples, please do not fret. God is gracious. Amen. He can still transform your marriage if you fast and pray for a very long time. I'm just giving you hope. You can still learn wisdom together. And both admit, sometimes we are fools, sweetheart. Why don't we learn to be wise? Don't say after the sermon, sweetheart, haven't you realized that you're a fool? Okay, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say, we. Use the word we. Again, you are me. We are one with each other. We identify with each other. So if you see foolishness there, maybe you have your own. That's why there's foolishness with the other side. That's the way to think. You're still thinking separately. Now, for those who are single, look beyond the facade of attractiveness and looks good-hearted until finish your investigation. Huh? You know that in a sale of a property, the buying party must do due diligence first. They love the property. They're in love with the property. They don't just pay check and give me the deed of sale. No, uh, a good buyer will look at the documents, if they're authentic. Not just the document, they're going to go to the, to the government agencies to really double check if it's authentic. And after, for maybe a week process of a week, then they close the deal. Only after they investigate it. Oh, but not, not when they're in love. Like, like the anecdote, Love is blind. I don't care. He loves me. <laughs> Fool. <laughs> I don't care what she's done. She loves me. Another fool. What happens when a fool marries a fool? It, use your imagination. <laughs> a fool marries a fool. And I've been their pastor for a long time. And they come to me when they have marriage problems. It's from the start, you are not careful. I do appreciate some of you, like some of you have come to me before and saying, this is the person I want to marry, what shall I do? So I throw you a lot of these writings of wisdom at you and say, you reflect. If you're not sure, take it slow again. And some of you have followed that wisdom, but others don't. They don't want to talk to Pastor Ed because Pastor Ed might give us wisdom and tell us to cool it off for a while. 
and learn from one another and learn about each other or learn about ourselves. You don't want to listen because you don't like to listen to advice because you're a fool. Yeah, because you're a fool. My love life is my own thing. Oh, yeah, you, you don't want advice, go ahead. Rush in. Oh, yeah, there's a song, Only Fools Rush In, right? <laughs> yeah, it just came to my mind just now. It wasn't part of my manuscript. Only fools rush in, and you rush in. No, I didn't rush in. It, it took me years. But were you investigating the right things? Have you asked, have you finished the Bible? Does the really desire? Have you talked to, for men, they have to talk to other men, to learn from other men. That's why we like these, these men's group fellowships, small groups, because we have to learn from one another. We have to sharpen one another. We have to discuss with one another how we can better provide. And if we're not doing good in that area, we discuss that and, and try to sharpen ourselves with that. And if the young lady is talking to the other godly women, remember what Titus said, the mature women should teach younger women how to submit, how to be a wife, etc. There's a how-to, by the way. And even if I teach you that, I have no experience how to submit to a husband, all right? So what do you need? You need godly women to mentor you. You need that, young ladies. Are you still listening to me here? Okay, you've been very quiet. So. Even my jokes, you don't laugh. Oh, it just feels so bad. Uh. <laughs> now, let's go to the one who is worse than a fool. Um, and that's in verse 12 of chapter 26. Um, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? Of course, this is generic. This applies to women as well. Uh, there is more hope for a fool than for him. Now, there is someone worse than a fool? Yeah, uh, those who believe themselves to be wise. That's why a truly wise man does not know the completeness of wisdom. That's why they keep pursuing wisdom, because they know one lifetime is not enough to be wise. So they keep pursuing wisdom, and they, they never think themselves to be wise, what they think of themselves is they are pursuing wisdom. That's as far as we can go, that we try to pursue wisdom. But am I wise? I don't know. God knows. I'm trying to be. That's the best that a wise man can say. But if a wise man say, listen to my wisdom, son. Oh, boy. You're in the wrong room, talking to the wrong counselor. But one would say, the eternal scriptures have this to say. That's why when I advise, my experiences take the back seat. It's the Word of God that must be on the front seat. But if you listen to a counselor who keeps saying about his experience or her experience, that's a mistake. Again, one experience does not reflect general wisdom. It's just your experience. That doesn't mean that will apply to everyone. But the Scriptures do apply to everyone. If you think you're wise, then there's more hope for a fool. I think the writer of this proverb was being sarcastic. 
after all, there is more hope for a fool. Well, at least there is hope for a fool, right? <laughs> there is hope. Which is actually no hope unless they change their ways. The fool or the worse than a fool has no hope unless they change their ways. So, my beloved brothers and sisters, my beloved churchmates, those who are single, avoid marrying such a person who thinks they are wise, but you want a person who seeks understanding. Avoid such. And how can you know? Not when love is blind. You cannot be blind. It is better for you to open your eyes wide. You see the positive and the negative. Yet you see this person is still in pursuit of wisdom, although this person is not perfect. That's when I can say that, yes, you can embrace even the negatives as long as there is a pursuit of God, the pursuit of the knowledge of the Holy One. And there is a pursuit of wisdom because you know that he or she is ever, by the grace of God, being transformed by the Holy Spirit, which means there will be improvement in this other person, but make sure it is true for yourself. But if you are love is blind, it doesn't matter. I'll take the risk. That's when we hear lots of suffering in life. What is suffering here? It's the suffering of not feeling one or united with your spouse. That you are more close to your friends outside than with your, the person you marry. But we know in Scripture, in Genesis 2, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, that is the norm. But if you have another best friend aside from your spouse, I think I have in my Facebook profile a picture of me and my wife, and we wrote there, best friends. And some cute little kid, I answer cute little kids when they send me messages. But if somebody sends me immediately, I need a favor from you and I don't even know them, I don't want to answer it actually. But little kids who have questions, and, 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 oh, and I, I was having fun with this question and answer, and, and he said, is she your wife? Uh, I said, yes. Why do you say she's your best friend if she's your wife? Ah, uh, because they should be the same thing. Why? I have, the, I have to pursue the unity. God did not say, I have to have another best friend and pursue unity with them. What's clear in Scripture is, I left my parents' house so I can pursue unity with somebody. With somebody that I can say, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Lastly, avoid the fool. Since the fool does not desire to understand or seek counsel, the fool cannot share substantial knowledge. Therefore, it is best to leave the presence of a fool. If one tries to discuss with a fool, one will experience disappointment. Let's look at verse 7 of chapter 14 and then chapter 23, verse 9. But verse 7 first. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wise saying says the one, that one must leave the presence of a fool. The reason is that one will not discern words of knowledge. How important is that the person you're with, that you discern words of knowledge? Very important because you grow when you're around them. 
There are other descriptions of the fool, the one who is hasty in his words. You know, they, they speak before they listen. That's also counted as a fool. The one who does not prepare for the terrible thing that might happen, they have no foresight. That's also a fool. They just think of the present as long as we're happy today, not thinking of the possible dangers of the future. And that can be related to financial dangers as well. They don't see that. They just see we have money now, let's just enjoy our lives. They are fools. Therefore, do not speak to a fool as well, according to this verse. Don't just leave the presence of a fool, but don't even speak anymore. Wow. Gee. I mean, how tough can the scriptures be? Very tough. That's why sometimes, ladies, you're correct in saying, I don't want to talk to you anymore. If they're a fool, not you're the fool, right? Sometimes you say that you're the fool, but it's right to, you don't have to say it, you just do it. You avoid the presence of a fool because every time you talk, there's nothing. There's nothing. No words of wisdom. No words of knowledge. Nothing to inspire you about the greatness of God. Nothing of which to analyze the world you live in, how, how you can build a better home together. Nothing of that. It is, once again, kesera, sera, what will be, will be. It's the old joke we have here. Anak, anong papakain mo sa mapapangasawa mo? And they answer in the traditional Filipino sentimentality, romantic, sapat na po ang pag-ibig. That sounds true when you're before married because love is blind. And even the woman, because she feels very romantic and emotional, somebody cares for her, but he doesn't know how to provide for her, rushes in, and after they get married, the love is blind became no longer blind, but the eyes were opened. Oh, yeah, we need, we need money too. We need money to feed ourselves, to pay the rent, and most of all, to take care of our baby. Oh, young women, you were so nice to him. But once you feel that pressure, the danger of your young, suddenly you become a roaring lion. You try to fight the temptation, but you cannot help it when he's not doing enough and he doesn't even understand how. Then you feel the panic, but chill, still submit to God. Here's what you remind yourself. This is my fault. I married him. Are you okay? Don't worry. I won't say those very brutal words when you seek counseling for me. I don't do that. I just I make you realize in a nice way. Okay? So I just say, let's admit that we are all fools sometimes. And in this case, you are the fool, okay? <laughs> so I say it nicely. I involve myself that sometimes I do foolish things. But I'm saying this most critical point in your life, you still believe it's better to marry a fool than to be a single. 
No, my friends, it's better to be single according to Paul the Apostle and serve God than to marry a fool according to Proverbs. Verse 9, do not speak in the hearing of a fool. Oh my, what if you're married to the fool? You don't speak to them? You can't avoid it. For he or she will despise the good sense of your words. You make sense, but that will be despised. So you still want to rush in? Well, if you have this mutual understanding, <laughs> you're feeling close and you went beyond the borderline of special friendship and you're here, you're a little bit romantic now. Pause. Stop. Reflect. You turn if you have to or put the car on reverse. Go back to friendship level and say, wait. Let's grow in wisdom first, you and me. Without the fear of you might lose this person. Hey, let me give you a tip to comfort you. If you lose him or her, but they're actually fools, it's good for you. Oh, thank God they found somebody else. Recommend him to the person you don't like, right? <laughs> Sorry, don't do that. Forgive me, forgive me. Let me give you the gist, although Proverbs is very application-oriented, but let me give you a gist of it. First, do not be a fool. Let me not be the fool. I must fear God and know Him as revealed in Scripture. I have to learn to listen, practice godly counsel, and do not despise the counsel of others. Just listen. And when you give counsel, counselors, parents, when you give counsel, it doesn't mean they have to follow your counsel. You just have to give what the word of wisdom says. There are things in, their, in life that they have to make the final decisions, not you. And don't let your fear take over because if you're that, I don't want to listen to you. Nobody likes that. But if you can be calm, collected, and share, this is what the scripture says. Now think it over. Speak less, understand more. Seek the company of the wise, and of course, avoid the fool. And of course, most importantly, do not marry a fool. Is there hope? Of course, by God's grace. Because I believe in the divine that transforms us. If you made a mistake, there is hope. Praise God. Huh? And I believe in the saying, if you did not start well, well, at least end well. I love that. But for the singles, allow me to spare you suffering. Start well, continue well, end well. That's beautiful. And let me share to you a piece of poetry entitled with the same sermon, Mary wisely and take note wisely is not a person all right <laughs> it means be wise marry wisely oh do not rush to get married if you don't want to get buried 
Because the fool will bring great harm, they can lure with enchanting charms. But the wise are very cautious, avoiding all types of raucous. The wise will even grow wiser because they check every fiber. To make sure that there is no fool, no fool, that is the basic rule. Therefore, do not marry a fool. Find somebody who is calm and cool. The fool thinks, the fool thinks they are always right and every wise and very wise in their own sight. They speak but don't care to listen, unbeknownst they live in prison. They're trapped by their own folly in that state. They can be jolly. They are fools who speak foolishly, even if they act prudishly. From scripture, the wise seek counsel. From the wise as well who excel, of course, to avoid the scoundrel. With the unwise, never to dwell. How shall we spot the wise person? Make sure of truthful conversion, the one who seeks understanding and the one who submits to the king. Let us all rise. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for the wise advice from scripture. Your scripture is holy and we respect its wisdom. Bless all the singles. I pray they marry wisely. Yet I also pray that each one of us grow in wisdom. We pray for us who are married. May we lose any false security thinking that we have a wise marriage, a perfect marriage. Remove that from us and may we walk humbly and say, only by grace. With all our imperfections, only by grace. And we pray that your grace gives us wisdom that we may know when to keep quiet and when to speak, that we may know how to understand one another, especially our spouse, and understand what they're going through, and also to be aware of ourselves, to have that self-awareness and self-understanding, that we may align ourselves with you. Forgive us, for we have done many foolish acts, Yet thank you for the hope in Christ that we can still grow in wisdom. And I pray for every marriage, no matter how we started, we pray that we continue well and end well and wisely. And for every single young, no matter how young, they would know how to discern the wise from the fool, that they may discern the words of wisdom from foolish words, they will be not led simply by their emotions, but they would put their intellect in it as well, analyzing, systematizing, opening their eyes at this stage, not waiting for marriage for their eyes to be open, to realize the mistake they've done, but even at the young stage, they would have wisdom. Teach us not to rush for those who are hasty make mistakes. But teach us, Lord, to be patient, to be cool when everything is troubling, 
Not to fall when our emotions are weak and we are troubled. Not to fall for anyone, but still to be wise in whatever situations, whether we are happy or sad, feeling alive or feeling depressed. May we walk in wisdom at all times and surround us with godly advice, not the foolish advisors who rush things, not the foolish advisors who don't know the word, but those who humbly share your word, but with have full confidence in what your word says. Surround us with people like that, that we may all grow and bless the one we will marry and bless the one who are married to so we feel that unity, the pursuit of unity, and that is divine design. It's unity with a purpose to serve God. To you be the glory. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, the fellowship of his spirit, and the wisdom of the ancient one be upon all of us. And God's people say, amen. God bless you. Good morning.